I'm Leanne Tran, psychologist who's worked with families whose kids don't fit the mould for almost 20 years. I've worked with children for decades, but I know parents are the real change makers when it comes to their kids. Having three kids of my own means I know it's not easy. Parent Like a Psychologist is all about simplifying how you support your kids with psychology information filtered through years of experience to take you from overwhelmed to confident. Come on in. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about NAPLAN. Uh, Most of you have probably heard about it if you've got kids in school in Australia. And even if you're just thinking about schools for your kids, NAPLAN often comes up as a way of talking about achievement for kids at school and schools themselves. The reason I'm talking about it today is because I've just got my kids NAPLAN results in the mail. And so it's not so much a reflection of the fact I think NAPLAN's a super important part of kids' lives and um, experiences, but it's timely. I wanted to make sure I had a chance to share my thoughts with you about NAPLAN perhaps while you're all getting the results of your child's uh, NAPLAN. And then this could be a useful way to consider the results and and provide you a perspective of how to think about them. I know there's lots of psychologists out there who've talked about um, how NAPLAN's just really not a great thing. It's not a good solution for kids or families. And uh, and even to the point of encouraging their um, children or encouraging parents to prevent their kids from doing NAPLAN. I think I have a really different view of that, uh, which I'll come to later in the episode. I wanted to start first of talking about the things that other people uh, recognise as unhelpful in NAPLAN and some of those things I do agree with. So to start out though, what is NAPLAN? So it stands for the National Assessment Program for Literacy and Numeracy. And it started out as a way for uh, achievement to be measured in a standardised way to ensure that kids across all schools are progressing and meeting the benchmarks and standards for learning um, that's presented in the curriculum. I think it's important to think about it as a standardised measure, and that's something psychologists do a lot is Uh, standardized measures for things like learning and intelligence and other things like mood. The difference between other assessments and standardized assessments is that when an assessment is standardized, it means you're comparing the information you get about one child to what the standard is. And so that just means where all the other kids at their age or grade are sitting. So it's not so much about trying to um, assess kids in terms of are they good enough, but it's seeing compared to what other kids are doing, where does your child sit? And why that's important from a psychology point of view is that perspectives vary greatly. So if you are, uh, say for example, we use anxiety, 
we can see that our kids might be anxious about certain situations. Maybe it's meeting new people, trying new things, or um, in situations where they don't know many people. I don't think we're that great at knowing for sure whether our child then is more anxious than other kids their age or whether it's a normal developmental anxiety Um, or even, you know, as adults, we can be nervous to do new things and meet new people. So the benefit of standardized assessments is that it takes the information about what your child is experiencing and compares it to thousands of other kids. So then you get an idea of whether your child is more anxious than other kids, whether they are about as average as others, or whether they're actually pretty resilient and experience less anxiety than other kids. And the reason it's important to know that is because then it can guide your, path with your child, whether it's support or intervention or anything else. So the difference between NAPLAN as a standardized assessment compared to the grades kids get is that we know in NAPLAN everybody is doing the same um, questions and they do it in the same way. So that What varies in comparison is that in schools, perhaps there's a difference in the level of support provided kids um, from school to school, from class to class. And that means that whether kids get a C or a B or a D is perhaps not the same across all schools. The other thing I think is really helpful about NAPLAN is um, actually, I'm going to get into that in a minute. The, so I've explained what standardized assessment is. I think the things that we've heard that's unhelpful is that sometimes schools are encouraging kids who might not do well in NAPLAN to stay home and not do the NAPLAN. Um, I don't think that's helpful for schools or for individuals. It means then for schools that you are not getting accurate information about where schools sit in terms of how their kids are meeting the benchmarks. Um, I think it's really important that all kids um, contribute to this so we really know where the literacy and numeracy is. The other thing is I think that's really unhelpful for those kids and their families. By not doing the NAPLAN, which is a standardised measure, parents don't have an indication of whether their kids are tracking okay or whether they might need some additional help. Most of the time schools will have those conversations with parents and pick things up but sometimes kids can slip through and that can be if they're good at most things but not all things or perhaps if they're in a really busy classroom and they're really well behaved and they try their best they can kind of slip under the radar in terms of finding things difficult. So encouraging kids who are having difficulty to skip NAPLAN is not good for the school and it's not good for the kids. The other thing is that sometimes people see NAPLAN as a thing that's quite anxiety provoking and difficult for kids to do. And in that case, they're saying, just don't do it if you don't want to or if it's too hard. 
I can understand that perspective because nobody wants kids to be having really awful days and and suffering. But I think also as a child psychologist, I see that trying hard things and getting through them is what builds resilience in kids. And we know, particularly for anxiety, that avoiding situations in which kids are anxious actually just then strengthens the anxiety because they don't have the kids then miss out on the experience of doing the scary thing, surviving it and living to tell the tale, which minimizes the impact of anxiety because they experience that it's actually not that bad. I will talk a little bit in a second though about how we can support kids because I also think chucking them in the deep end and letting them sink or swim is not a good idea, not a good approach or strategy to use. So I've talked a little bit about what NAPLAN is, how it's standardized, um, and then also some unhelpful things that are happening around NAPLAN. The reason I wanted to talk about um, why I think NAPLAN is a good idea then flows on from those points. So I think it's good because it is a standardized measure of what's happening. If your child has a learning difficulty and comes to see a psychologist, we will firstly try and rule out some other things that might be going on. So if your child might have, there's lots of things that can impact learning. And so some of those are things like um, attention problems and ADHD, language difficulties, anxiety, Uh, other mental health considerations. So we want to rule all of those things out first. But then what we do is standardized measures of both their problem solving ability and then also their education, educational achievement. So actually standardized tests of things like spelling, reading, writing sentences, doing math sums and The reason that we do them in that standardized way is it lets us know whether they're meeting the benchmark for the grade that they're in or whether they're unexpectedly below that level. NAPLAN is a really good indicator of those same kind of skills. So if kids are coming to me with learning challenges, I always want to see the NAPLAN. Um, So if parents have them, they often send them in and it's really helpful for two reasons. One, it gives me an idea of exactly where they're at already compared to peers. So I know whether we're on the right track um, in terms of considering learning difficulties. It looks at the key areas across literacy and numeracy. So we can see whether difficulties are there across the board or whether it's one particular area. The other reason is that it builds for me a profile So if I get to see a child in year seven, I think "Mm, you're having trouble with learning, but you've just moved to high school. Is it a recent thing or not? But if I can see year three, five um, NAPLAN results and see that they're consistent with what parents are reporting when their kids are in year seven, I know that there's been a long-standing challenge there. So it all helps me understand what Um, what path is most likely, we're most likely on for this child. Um, So it's standardized. It's good for kids and um, parents in terms of accessing support for their child's learning. 
The other reason I think it's really important is for schools. Um, I think it's really important that we do have an accurate measure of all kids and, and how they're progressing with literacy and numeracy. Um, I know it's difficult for some kids, but if we're identifying that through things like NAPLAN, perhaps then that flows on to more support for kids. Um, the earlier they get the support, the better. And so if we're taking kids out of it and underestimating the, the challenges, then we're going to be underestimating the support needed. And that doesn't help anybody. So I think probably some of the things that need to maybe change around NAPLAN is the, the culture of it. I know some kids um, feel like they shouldn't be there because they're not, you know, doing well enough. That needs to change and that's not helpful. I think I would always encourage kids to go and have a go um, because it gives useful information about what they're doing now. The other reason is I think it's good to build up a little bit of um, experience in doing things like taking tests and stuff um, because that's part of schooling and part of life as well. Any kids who go on to um, university or TAFE or anything like that will have tests to do. And so the more practice you get in those kind of environments, the better. Uh, I think so I always encourage kids and by saying, just go and try your best. And I frame it in the way that what you're doing today, it might be a little bit, um, you know, uncomfortable or stressful. And certainly maybe you don't think it's fun, but what you're doing is really helping you later down the track so that everyone can know if you need um, to be taught in a different way and tested in a different way, or if the path you're on is going to fit and everything's on par. Um, kids usually respond really well to that and they actually feel pretty proud that they've done something hard to help themselves out. So the last point I wanted to talk about is strategies. I think that there are some strategies that you can employ as parents to help your child in these situations. And so first of all, it's how you frame it. Uh, and the, the approach or how you present NAPLAN to them really. So if you're presenting it as um, just a low key thing that everybody does just to make sure that first of all, the teachers are on track. I like to tell kids that, or yeah, so some kids, tell some kids that because they'll think, oh, that reduces the pressure on me, that's okay. I have worked with other kids where they feel that's increased the pressure because they think if I don't do well, my poor teacher will get a, a bad review. <laughs> so this is links to back where I was saying parents are, you know, your child best. So, you know, the strategy to use to try to just minimize the stress about it. Um, and then the other thing is teach some strategies um, for your children to be able to manage tricky situations. One of the strategies I use a lot is deep breathing um, because that really cuts to the chase of reducing the physical symptoms of stress and anxiety that kids experience. Um, the other reason I like deep breathing is because it's one that you can use in any situation. So kids might say they can manage their stress by cuddling their pet, jumping on the trampoline, and those are all awesome but you can't do it at school. 
So deep breathing is one example of a strategy that you can do sitting at your desk at school. So that's why I love it as a strategy. Simple as, um, so there's lots of different ways that you can do deep breathing, but it can be just as simple as trying to breathe in while you count for three and breathe out while you count for say four or five. You're just trying to slow the breathing down. Um, I often explain it to kids that if they slow their breathing down, then it slows their heart rate down and they feel calmer. Once they understand how it works, they're much more likely to give it a go. The other key part of the strategy is that you've got to practice first when you calm. So if a kid's in a bit of a panic, it can't be the first time that you use it or it won't work. Um, Think of it like practice makes perfect. You've got to practice when you're calm. If they practice a few times in the weeks leading up to something like NAPLAN or a sporting event or some other thing, then on the day you can tell them to use that deep breathing and it will work a lot better. Um, The other strategy that you can use is putting in place something exciting or happy to look forward to afterwards as well. So you're increasing your child's ability to be calm by doing the breathing and then you're you're shifting the focus as well rather than that being the only thing to think about that day. There's the nap plan and then afterwards there's something else to look forward to more. Um, Those two strategies will set you up pretty well, I think, for um, having your kid try these things. So NAPLAN or anything else, you can you can transfer this skill to anything else. If you've got a way to keep calm, a way to think about it positively, and then something to look forward to at the end, you've got the three key parts that are going to make kids more successful at trying new things. So if you've got um, questions about NAPLAN, how to um, interpret it or Um, concerns about anything else, please let me know because chances are you're not alone. Um, You know, people say that all the time about questions. If you've got one, other people will too. So email them through to me at hello at leantran.com.au and I will get on to answering those for you. Just before we go, um, another thing I wanted to mention, I realized I forgot to mention it before, was that the NAPLAN results are different this time. So um, I noticed on the form that they've changed some of the categories on the system to have different names. So now when you get the graph of um, your child's results, rather than before it kind of, it was a little bit like difficult to understand with the band levels and that kind of thing, they've made it more helpful now so that Kids who are kind of in the middle where they should be, they're talking about having strong skills. Um, Kids who are, you know, even above that are exceeding. And then they've given names that are more helpful to understand the lower categories as well. So developing and needs additional support. It used to be so confusing looking at the bands and, you know, how to interpret it. And that's, you know, I'm a person who interprets tests all day, every day. I found it hard. So I think it's it's really helpful now um, that they're talking about developing. So they talk that about they're indicating they're working towards expectations. So they're kind of getting there, but they're not quite there yet. 
or needing additional support. And so that's where they're not achieving the outcomes. They're likely to need additional support to progress. Um, And so that's when you might come and see a child psychologist or talk to your child's teacher um, and see what assessments and support might be beneficial. It really sums up, I think, why I think NAPLAN is so important because it's saying they're likely to need additional support to progress satisfactorily. So each year at school builds on the year before. So the earlier you can um, determine that your child's struggling a little bit and give them support um, is better. The other reason is we know that um, if kids struggle with learning, there are some predictable paths that flow on from that and it might be that then they start to disengage from learning because it's boring and it's hard the second thing or or risk is that they start to develop like some anxiety about going to school Um, maybe even school refusal in the worst cases or low mood and other problems so and once you get to that point then you've not only got a challenge with learning but you've got that extra layer of you know, anxiety or school refusal or something on top. So it's so much better to work out early on whether your kid just needs a little bit of extra support and then you can um, just have a much smoother, calmer path for them at school. So hopefully you found today's um, little chat helpful. If you do have questions, please let me know because I do really want to be able to um, help chances are I'll know the answer or if I don't I can find out Um, so again it's hello at leantran.com.au thanks for listening to this episode of parent like a psychologist if you found it helpful please share on instagram so other parents can benefit too and tag me at leantran psychology so that I can say a big thank you Head over to leannetran.com.au to join the village for bite-sized psychology tips straight to your inbox. I really hope this podcast has brought a new perspective and you a step closer towards a calm parent and a thriving child. Have a delightful day.